All right, what's happening, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatak here with you. And on this week's episode, we'll talk to Mount St. Mary's basketball coach Dan Engelstad. Uh, college basketball season is uh, rapidly approaching. Uh, Mountaineers have an exhibition game this Friday against Bucknell at home. And then open the season November 7th at, uh, at Maryland. They'll, they'll be in College Park to take on the Terps uh, to kick off the season. So look forward to talking about uh, look forward to talking to Coach Engelstad about that and uh, their second season in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Uh, so will they fare any better uh, in the MAC this year? Uh, but joining me is uh, my colleague here at the FNP, Alexander Dacey, fresh off the golf course in College Park as he covered the state golf championships. Uh, give us a general summary. How did it go down at the golf this week? Um, it was it was pretty good. I mean, nothing. Nothing, I guess, for our Frederick County people. It was nothing quite as, you know, exciting as last year, you know, when Brunswick Brunswick sort of surprised and got their first ever top three finish statewide, had a couple, you know, a couple top three, a uh, couple uh, top three medalists. Um, nothing quite like that. But uh, the main story for us is Urbana kind of just back to being back to being themselves after a bit of a down year last year. Uh, they finished uh, third place in the state for 3A, 4A. Uh, and they had two, uh, they had two, uh, uh, two golfers, uh, Min Lee or uh, Min Lay and uh, Rylan Braven, uh, tie for fourth overall in the the boys, three uh, A four A boys class. Uh, Those are really our big sort of winners. Um, not not a ton else to be completely honest. We had we had we had a number of people there, but not those are the only really high. I finishers, I guess. Uh, any surprises? Anything uh, out of the ordinary at the golf? Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing was there was a playoff for the three four boys championship uh, between a um, uh, a golfer from uh, Century. I think his name was Owen Newberry, who ended up winning, and then uh, Ben Sirabori uh, from River Hill, who won the last two years. They had a playoff in them, and Owen uh, Owen won. So that was probably the most exciting, uh, most exciting thing. Uh, and then River Hill as a team setting just sort of tying or setting just a whole bunch of state records. Um, so very exciting, very exciting for Howard County golf. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was it was a, it, it was very it was very interesting sort of at the end. Everybody knew that that we were going to event, but they've got to like technically they got to tally up all the results. So like it took about an hour for them to figure sort of figure that out, and then everybody goes out on the hole and it's, and it ends up being a one hole playoff. So it's like everybody walks down the hole. Um, uh, Owen from Crofton wins and then everybody walks back to do the, to do the ceremony. But um, it was also very nice. I guess that's the other thing to note. This was like the nicest weather they said they've ever had for the golf tournament. So yeah, I mean, um, I got- at the very least, the very least it was 75 and sunny <laughs> yeah i mean golfers won't complain about that too often especially when it's normally like nah. 50s maybe the wind's blowing too could be some rain I've, I've covered the state golf championships in the rain before so uh so yeah you won't complain about a sunny and 75 degree day on october uh the 25th uh that is uh, for sure so um was everyone just fine was was the mood upbeat and happy or were people disappointed or just what was the general feeling coming away I mean, from the golf for the, the frederick was, for the frederick county contingent at least i think the mood was at the very least for a band obviously was upbeat because you know they did well and they not that it's not that i guess it wasn't expected that they would contend, you know that they would contend again but you know given given that they're sure they had a little bit of a downturn last year 
and the competition around them. Like again, like I like I kind of been saying for a couple weeks, like nobody was going to catch River Hill. That was true, but like the other competition around them for for the other sort of you know finalists and, and podium spots, second, third place, was pretty was pretty tough. So I guess the real question was like you know were they gonna were they gonna you know you know kind of get back to around that level? And the answer is yes. Now the caveat there is that all four of the golfers they ran out as for their team this week were all are all seniors, so they're gonna lose basically everybody um and their freshman girl claire's son she was an uh, she competed as an individual and she had a she had for especially for her first time out there at the state tournament she had a she had a decent showing i think she was she finished i think 10th among three a four girls if i uh if i if i have that right off the top of my head but um uh so she's gonna basically be their leader next year and then they're gonna have to fill in the rest with people who um you know people who either you know were not on the team this year or were like way lower down in the pecking order so well it'd be interesting to see how they sort of sustain but at least for them it was they they felt good um and then i think i think again sort of a you know a a mixed bag you know some 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 people i guess you know i'd say a couple people maybe wanted a little bit more that you know thomas johnson had two golfers there and they both had they both had you know fine rounds both days but i think they were expecting to maybe be a little bit higher up the standing same with oakdale um Oakdale's Will Scott, but again, he was oh, he was also good. Again, it's not not like they not like they shot bad rounds at all either day. But um, I don't I don't believe any of them finished top ten. Or Will may have gotten tenth, but um, you know, it it, it it was I think all in all the mood was was pretty um, pretty high for everybody. And again, especially some of the people who were kind of there for the first time or sort of got there and just sort of like you know maybe not expecting to win, but just sort of like just kind of there to there to just sort of experience it and, you know, get around against some of the best in the state. So I, I, I think broadly speaking, it was a um, maybe a more bat like again, Urbana was the best team. Maybe it was a little more balanced, I guess, all around. Cause I definitely remember when, when I went to go cover it last year, we had, we had a good number of kids there, but I think we had more this year, even if, we didn't have like maybe the same top end finishers, if that makes if that makes sense. But it was a success. People were happy about how they played. Yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's week nine of the football season. Last week of the regular season, believe it or not. Um, before we get to that, I wanted to ask you about the flag football because Urbana and Ligonor played. They'd sort of been our top two teams all season, uh, and Urbana uh, won. But it, the game was seemed to be competitive it was a 12 to 6 game yeah it was competitive now the the again that 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 touchdown that lingonor scored was on the literal last play of the game like the horn sounded as they were running the ball into the end zone so oh really um, okay so yeah so it was effectively almost the entire game was you know urbana was shutting them out but even still like yeah urbana's offense was definitely after their first two drives held down more than they usually are um but their defense was you know, again, aside from that last play, their defense was was pretty pretty legit, and and I, they're they're the and I mean they're undefeated. They're the one seed. They're the obvious favorite going into going into the tournament next week. Um, uh, Linganor gets a rematch with Middletown. Middletown's officially the two seed. Linganor is the three. Um, and this will be at the Ravens in the, facility. In the this, this will be at the Ravens facility. No, so. I, I found out apparently there is a second Under Armour Performance Center that they just built on like the Port of Baltimore. I think it opened within the last year or so. 
Um, and so there'll be it'll be at that that stadium that's also called the Under Armour Performance Center. Um, well, will the Ravens have a presence? Uh, but it's well, like the Ra- actual legit. Okay, will the Ravens have a presence there? Yes, I believe it'll be kind of the same as before. They'll have like the mascots and cheerleaders okay. and other representatives. Um, I don't know if any players from the team will show up, TBD, but um, you know, yeah, like, so that's next Wednesday, November 1st. Um, and in the semi, and, and they, they uh, play, they play, yeah, they so play, the, they play the two games, the semis, and then the final on the same day. Yeah, so it's uh, semifinals are at, I believe, 4.45 and 6 p.m., and championship is 7.30. Um, we know for sure uh, Middletown Langnor is one of the semis, and then um, Urbana will play either Tuscarora or Thomas Johnson for the other. Um, that one still to be decided by Frederick Clay uh, 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 l- l- later yeah. this week, right? So, and we don't know if yeah. John, we don't know if John Harbaugh is going to deliver the, the the pregame pep talk or anything yet, or. Well, I mean, he's already done it once, so who's to say if he does it again? But yeah, we that that would be a pretty that would be a pretty fun surprise if he did. Right. Okay. So we're down to the final four in flag football. Uh, playoffs are starting uh, for the rest of the sports, pretty much. Soccer's in the regional quarterfinals. Field hockey, the same. Um, contenders in soccer on the girls' side, I, I'd say Oakdale and Tuscarora. They're in the same region, but whoever comes out of that region. With, with Oakdale being the favorite, uh, ha- having uh, having beaten them twice, uh, I say they would have a, a shot uh, to, to move on uh, through the quarters and maybe the semis into the championship. Uh, 1A girls for Brunswick, uh, you, you never know. They're, they're, they're usually uh, very competitive there. I've made deep runs in, in, in the past. And, of course, Walkersville undefeated. Can, can, can they keep it going and make another deep run? Uh, on the boys' side, uh, um, we're gonna say what? Uh, Urbana, uh, um, Tuscarora. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. The thing is, none of our teams are like super high. I don't think we have any one season on the boys' no, side. which is, which is I, unusual. I think, I think, I think, um, kind of. I mean, it's kind of. Go ahead. Brunswick's a two, but they also only have, I think, like three or four teams in their region. Um, and then I believe Urbana's a three, and I think Tuscarora's a three. And our Oakdale, Oakdale, who was our CMC champion, is like a five seed. So that it's, you know, it's kind of, kind of, I guess, what it's, what we've kind of been talking about all season. We're like, everybody's kind of around the same, like, medium good level, but nobody's like really taking off. Um, I mean, you definitely, I'd say, 1A. Brunswick, two-time defending state champion. They're always going to be competitive somehow, some way. They've definitely, they were definitely a little shakier earlier in the season, but I think they're starting to starting to come together. Um, Tuscarora's definitely played better in recent weeks. Same same is true for Urbana, even though they did just lose to Oakdale in the CMCs. And again, I guess you can't count Oakdale out, um, even though they're probably, they're going to probably have to run into likely Tuscarora at some point again. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's clear of a favorite on, on the boys' side as a girls' side, but it's definitely um, it, it, it's definitely a, a again, a, a crop of teams where I would not be surprised if somebody made the state quarters or maybe even state semis. I don't know about beyond that. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Right. Uh, field hockey, I'd say the teams to, to watch there are Urbana uh, for the girls, of course. Uh, Walkersville for the girls, they've had a, a really nice season. 
Um, CMC uh, cross country, or excuse me, FCPS cross country championships are this week. Should have some contenders there. Frederick Girls have a really strong team again, led by Caroline Gregory, a two-time defending champ. Uh, TJ Boys, led by uh, James Partlow, um, the uh, <clears throat> defending champ there. Uh, volleyball, of course, uh, Ur- Ur- Urbana is uh, a-, a clear contender. Uh, but but again, they they have a have a pretty tough road uh, uh, to, to repeating um, as uh, state champs. And then uh, what, what am I missing here? Golf, golf is done, and um, that's it, right? Well, we we hit hit all the football, sports. Football, so, yeah. so I, well, we're we're gonna get the football here in a sec. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have football and, y- and you think Oakdale and Ligonor could, could be a state final in football. Walkersville's getting its act together. Uh, I, I could see them making a run in two a, although they'll have to go through Damascus in the region, which, which, which of course will be tough. Um, can they beat Middletown? Cause Middletown typically has Frederick, their number. Frederick. Yeah. Middletown typically has Walkersville number. And of course, Frederick, uh, in a new region four a, three a, in there with Urbana, and, and, and they're playing well, uh, and they have a big play, big strike offense. The defense has gotten better, I think, over the course of the season, so so you would think that Frederick uh, has a real shot in, in the 4A, 3A. Brunswick in 1A, of course. They were a state semifinalist last year, but can they get through Mountain Ridge and or Fort Hill in 1A? So uh, what were your impressions from Week 8? I know, I know you saw Brunswick for the first time, and uh, – Unlike the Walkersville game, they they hung in there against Middletown. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully, that game was sort of decided because Middletown Middle, Middletown made a couple of key uh, key turnovers or sort of key stops early that set them up way deep in way deep in Brunswick territory and gave them gave them two touchdowns. They really only had one like kind of legit. Long, it wasn't even that long of a touchdown drive, but it was like a somewhat more, you know, they started in their own end and sort of marched forward and then they got a 34 yard touchdown run from, uh, from Bill Murray. So it, it, Brunswick really held their own at the very least, you know, you know, on defense and sort of, they, they did their part there. Um, their offense, the big thing was they just weren't finishing their drives. They were moving the ball well every time, but like until the fourth quarter when they were getting in, you know, plus territory, they were, either taking penalties or dropping balls or getting sacked. It was, you know, it was just like every, it was like they had no trouble crossing the 50, but then it kind of fell apart after that. Now in the fourth quarter, they did, they did turn that around. They got two touchdowns and they very nearly, um, very nearly on the, uh, what ended up being the game's final play forced a fumble that would have potentially given them a Hail Mary shot. But um, they, 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 you know, they, they sort of held their own against a Middletown team that's really had their, you know, I mean, their number of the last 20 years. Um, you know, I, I, I foresee Brunswick not having too much trouble in 1A, um, at least playoff-wise. Until, until like, the later states. rounds. Yeah, right. The quarters, semis in there. Yeah, yeah, until they, right, until they inevitably have to face, like a like, a Fort Hill or a Mountain Ridge type team. But... Until then, I think they're they're at least you know, they're more competitive. Um, they're they're more competitive, which is good. Right. Uh, the rest of the football week wasn't super uh, eventful. Um, uh, Urbana did have a second half lead against Oakdale by a point. Uh, it was gone on the very next play as Evan Austin took off on a long <laughs> touchdown run. But hey, uh, 
Urbana overcame a early fourteen uh, nothing deficit and had a had a lead in the second half against Oakdale, but but then Oakdale took charge again and won by a fairly comfortable margin. Uh, Ligonor beats TJ. Um, uh, Frederick uh, had an easy win over Tuscarora. Walkersville rolled over a banged up Catoctin team. Uh, MSD uh, continues to roll. I think they've won seven in a row as they gear up for their um, a Keystone uh, State uh, uh, Conference uh, playoffs. And uh, St. John's uh, had, had a tough one against uh, Severn School as, uh, as they fell in the MIAAC um, uh, matchup to, to Severn for, for the second time uh, this season. And then uh, uh, final week of the regular season, everyone makes the playoffs, so it's not as eventful as it used to be or as important as it used to be. Uh, you have your uh, rivalry matchups, Ligonor Urbana, um, uh, Middletown Walkersville, uh, Oakdale uh, plays Tuscarora, uh, and, and, and was a pretty way, tough way for Tuscarora to end their uh, mm. tough season. Uh, Brunswick uh, plays Catoctin, uh, TJ and Frederick play on Saturday. Uh, MSD, um, they play Delaware County Christian, and uh, St. John's hosts Sidwell Friends. So that's your uh, Week 10 lineup. Um, uh, I, I guess, I guess uh, Ur- Ur- Urbana, I mean, <laughs> you, have to, you have to feel for them the way they're ending their season. Their, their final three games were Frederick, Oakdale, and Ligonor. So that's a pretty rough way to end the season. <laughs> and uh, can, can, can the Hawks get, uh, get on track or at least right themselves before the playoffs? Um, any, anything you're looking for uh, final week of the regular season here? I mean, that's the game I got. So I really the, – the Urbana's strength has been their defense all season. So really I, I'm curious to see how well they'll do bottling up Ethan Arneson. I know I know because they've – Lingenor's had a couple easy games the last couple weeks. He hasn't – you know, uh, or easier games. I know he hasn't played quite as much. I think I think they're, they're, they're resting him a little bit. But – I, I, I feel like Urbana. That's going to be really their. I mean, that's obviously the key for any team when they when they play um, Lingenor. But I feel like Urbana, especially just because their their defense is kind of their backbone. It's like if you can slow him down, maybe not stop him, but slow him down. You know, that gives you a chance to keep it competitive. I mean, again, they were competitive with Frederick. They were competitive, uh, competitive. So you know, largely with Oakdale last week for for a little while. So it's not like they're ever out of games but i'm you you know it, it, i think i think the thing is if if, if artisan just sort of turns loose like he always does then it might might get ugly in a hurry but if they can bottle him up somewhat that maybe 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 then they're critical with some they also are at home yeah i don't know if that'll i don't know if that i don't think i don't think that matters as much in high school but you know, maybe maybe the home crowd gives them a boost. I don't know. And it's all again, also a rivalry. They won it last year, trying to keep you know, trying to keep the trying to keep the trophy. So right, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. That's probably that's probably the most interesting. Yeah, and I and I'm looking to see if a Walkersville uh, beats Middletown. Uh, it's a game they should win. They're they're probably the better team on paper, but Middletown, man, they're they're tough, and and they've had Walkersville's number over the years. So. And, and, and middle, they won't see each other in the playoffs because Middletown's now a 2A, 1A team, so they're not in the same region anymore. Um, this game used to set the table for, for a potential playoff matchup between them two, but man, it would be a nice psychological boost for Walkersville, which has really found itself with, with his running duo of Demarcus Ross and Jordan Bennett 
in, in, in the same backfield, uh, it would certainly be a nice boost for Walkersville uh, to beat Middletown and roll into the playoffs. But all right, Mr. Dacey, I know you've had a long day. Uh, uh, thank, thank, thank you for uh, staying up late and, uh, and and recording the segment here. Uh, get some rest, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we'll switch gears and uh, talk a little college basketball as uh, Mount St. Mary's basketball coach Dan Engelstad will join us. Stay with us here on The Final Score. College basketball season is upon us, and the Mount St. Mary's men's basketball team gets started with an exhibition game at 4 p.m. Friday against Bucknell at Nod Arena. That is followed by the season opener November 7th at Maryland. Uh, the coach of the Mountaineers is Dan Engelstad, uh, who is about to begin his sixth season on the job. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Uh, how are you? Greg, great to be on, man. It means we were getting closer to the season and uh, doing well. I got a fun group and, you know, looking forward to getting a chance to compete in front of our crowd this weekend, as you mentioned. And um, But life is good, man. We are working hard. Guys have had a really good offseason. Knock on wood, we've stayed uh, pretty healthy, and I think that's going to be a, a big key for us this year. But uh, energy's high. Uh, work ethic has been really, really, really good with this team. So um, looking forward to seeing uh, what's possible. Uh, you're number two in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, uh, the MAC. Do you look at the league differently this year than you did last year when you were coming into it? <clears throat> no, I, I don't think we were overly surprised about the league and what it was going to be, but you really can't um, explain it to your team until you go through it. And now we got guys that have uh, been through a full season of the MAC and understand the physicality that it brings. Um, you know, Friday, Sundays are a different uh, beast that we've had to manage and you know the travel's different so I, I think you know going through it uh, will help us prepare for this year um, we know more about it uh, with that being said we also know that it's a really good league and really good coaches and we better be ready every single night because the the margins to win in the MAC are you know they're very small you got you've got to you've got to win these one two possession games and um, you know be the more disciplined team and, and hopefully make a couple more shots but it's a uh, it's a great league and um, you know we're happy to be in it. Eight and twelve in the league last year, and you're in your first season uh, making the jump from the Northeast Conference. Uh, you won a uh, tournament game uh, against uh, Canisius. Do you feel you sort of exceeded expectations for year one when everyone sort of had you pegged for for last place in the league? Not for me. I mean, we had a veteran group. Um, we had a group that we thought was built to win uh, championships in the Northeast Conference, and you know, I, I know some people said that we. Uh, it was a successful year. I mean, I think we learned a lot and hopefully it leads to a lot more success, but we'll never be satisfied with eight and 12. And, you know, I, when we were healthy, we were a really good basketball team last year. We won five hour last six going into the playoffs. And so we, we got healthy at the right time. We were able to to win some, um, some close games that we weren't winning early in the season. So I think there was, uh, you know, something that hopefully we can carry um, into this year, just the, the, the amount that we learned from that. Um, but eight and 12, uh, never satisfied with that. We want to compete for championships every year and, and put ourselves in the top half of the, of the, uh, uh, you know, of the, of the Mac and, and get in the top four and, and we want to win championships and that hasn't changed. So, um, you know, I, I'm glad we learned what we learned, but, you know, not happy with the results. Well, what, what do you think joining the Mac has done for the program overall? Yeah, I think it's helped us recruiting wise. I think it's, um, you know, allows us to um, get in some 
recruiting battles that we otherwise hadn't in the past. Um, we've elevated our facilities. Um, and I think that was a big part in the move to the Mac. I mean, we now have a brand new film room, a brand new locker room, um, you know, outside, um, you know, I think the outside perception um, has changed and just to like, you know, the Mount's trying to, to really take this next step. And, um, you know, we've aligned with some really good schools and, you know, it's uh, I think it's going to prove to be a very good move in the long haul. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the offseason uh, renovations, the additions, uh, if you will, uh, the film room. Just what specifically have you have you done? Yeah, we we, we they they invested big into you know the, our our program, and that was was you know thankful to our alumni and our donor base and um, the president for approving it. And we got a brand new athletic director. Um, you know, Lynn helped set this in motion, and then uh, Brad Davis, who just got on here, has done a terrific job of um, you know trying to elevate our program, but. You know, it's a brand new space. It has three huge screens. Uh, it's got a fueling station for our guys. Uh, we have PlayStation in there. They can come in and play whenever they want. Um, just a great space for them to be able to lounge. And, um, you know, it, it shows our guys that we're taking steps. And this brand new locker room space, we had one of the smaller locker rooms. And and to be transparent, one of the worst locker rooms in Division One basketball. And now I put our stuff up against most. It's beautiful. It's spacious. Um, our guys um, love it. it. Every locker's individualized. They got their hometown on there, their picture of themselves. Um, they have different storage spaces as well as they got, you know, plugs to plug in all their, you know, their, their phone. And um, you got great sound system in both spots. So we're, we're excited about it. It, uh, you know, recruits come in and now you got a little wow factor. And on top of that, you know, our, our guys, you know, they work so hard for us. They've got a place that they feel real, a lot of pride about being at the Mount. Um, in a place that they, you know, they, they work so hard. They got a place where they can hang out and, and um, you know, just relax and unwind a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was curious if the recruits have a little different reaction uh, coming on the campus now than they used to. No question, because now we can show them our arena, which is always nice, and there's going to be continued upgrades there. But you have this arena, and now you can show them the locker room and the film room, and you still have a practice facility on the other side that is a great floor, great space, um, and we have a locker room over there. So now it's you know, we really can, you know, bring a recruit on and, and show them. And, uh, hey, this is, uh, you know, from a basketball setup, I think this is as good as, you know, not just the mid-major. I think we got as good a setup as uh, as, as many uh, schools in the country. Uh, how long has this sort of been in the works, the, the upgrades? Uh, I was an assistant here in 2007, and I think we were telling recruits that we were going <laughs> to do something in the locker room then. So I know this has been chatted about for decades, and and now we've uh, we, we 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 did it, and uh, we're very thankful that we did. Yeah, uh, how do you how do you feel about the off season and the work you did on the recruiting trail? We got some talented guys. I mean, some young guys that are figuring out college basketball. Um, got a couple transfers in, still figuring out if Terrell Ard is going to be able to get his waiver or not. Um, that's still in process, but um, it's a it's a fun group. I mean, it's a veteran group, um, and then we've added these young, talented freshmen and a couple transfers, and um, you can tell they really like each other. They get after it. You know, we haven't faced the adversity of a season yet, so everybody you know is is getting along well and and working hard. But um, I think this team is built for the long haul, and um, excited to 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 go into these battles, um, you know, as we start here in the next couple of weeks uh, with this group, because they're, it's a, it's a fun group to coach. And I think we have, you know, a, a good blend of inside, outside play, good guard play, good returners, and, and really, you know, special young talent. 
as is the nature of college basketball. I mean, some some familiar faces have moved on. You lost key contributors, uh, Jalen Benjamin, uh, Malik Jefferson, uh, who was a stalwart uh, for you for five years uh, in the middle. Uh, DeAndre Thomas, great shooter and defender. Uh, Jalen Gibson, but but you do bring back some uh, faces that people are going to be familiar with. Uh, Dakota Lafue, uh, um, among them, your uh, your leading scorer, uh, who was just named uh, first team all preseason. Uh, Mac, uh, t- tell us about Dakota and, and the work and the progress he's made over the summer. Well, yeah, his growth has been um, you know incremental every year. He's gotten better. You know, he came in as a freshman, kept getting better and better. His role has changed. And now Dakota's a guy, you know, he's somebody that can, um, has elevated his game. You know, he wasn't an elite finisher last year. He shot the ball really well from three. Um, and we really worked with him on his explosiveness, finishing around the basket, uh, getting stronger, um, you know, and he's capable of being a great two-way player. It's just keeping that motor on, on both sides of the court. He's very smart. He's obsessed with learning the game. Um, he's somebody that's going to be playing basketball for a long time. He's got all the the talent to, you know, have a great finished his career here at the Mount. And then, you know, we think he's going to have a great pro career. He's got that type of ability, but um, you know, he stepped up, you know, we, we need him to continue to elevate his leadership and because our guys are following his lead. They know that, you know, he's going to be the top on everyone's scouting report. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what Dakota can bring to the Mount in his senior year. A, a guy that really shouldered a pretty big load for you last year as a sophomore is uh, JD uh, Cordelia. Uh, he, he's he's a big uh, who you'll need uh, uh, since since Malik uh, is is finally graduated. Uh, t- t- tell us about JD and his uh, work in the off season. Yeah, he um, you know he came back um, about midsummer and he slowly revved himself up, and now I think he's hitting his stride. He's um, He's a very skilled forward. You know, he's got great touch around the basket, you know, probably as good as we've ever had here at the Mount. He's got a different skill set um, for him. If he's that motor's on and he's rebounding and holding it down on the defense end, he takes our team from, you know, a, a you know a solid team to a great team. And we need him to take that step now in his junior year. And um, it's crazy that he's uh, already an upperclassman, but we need him to, you know, have a big year because I think he's as talented as any forward in the MAC. Um, and he's got that ability to, to really, um, you know, take us to a, to a next level and, um, you know, looking forward to seeing what, you know, he does here in the next couple of weeks and beyond. I mean, we, we need him built for the long haul. And like I said, if that motor's on with JD, we're, we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Another big, who I really thought flashed some potential last year was, uh, Adola, uh, Adebayo. And, and I imagine he'll take on a bigger role for you this season. Yeah, he had a great he had a great summer. Um, he put in a lot of work. He's uh, knows a lot more basketball now. He studied the game. Um, he played down in the Kenner League, and I think that really helped his confidence playing against some of the Maryland and Georgetown and GW guys and having success there. Um, very athletic, uh, capable shooter, can make threes. Um, you know, good rim protector, and um, I think he's just starting to scratch the surface. You know, him being a sophomore, he's got a bright future ahead, and you know, we need him to. Uh, be ready and early in the season. I think he's only going to get better and better as the year goes on. Uh, other familiar faces, uh, George Tinsley, uh, who, who's now uh, a, a graduate player for you. Um, Xavier Lipscomb uh, is back. Uh, he, he's, he's a 6'2", 190-pound guard, so he gives you good size and ball handling there. Uh, Franta Bartone, Josh Reeves uh, is back. Uh, I guess that'll, core, that'll form the, the core of your rotation there, those guys. No doubt about it. And then we got some young talent and then depending on Terrell's waiver and um, but yeah, those guys are rocks for us. I mean, you talked about George Tinsley. I mean, he is just a dream to coach, man. I mean, no bad days. Effort is always on. 
um, tough as nails, has really worked on his jump shot. Um, you know, I think he's somebody that's going to help us. Um, you know, if we're going to make a step, he's going to be a guy that does that for us because he's just someone you can put a check mark by his name. You know what you're going to get from George. It's all out effort. Um, and then you got guys like X that have stepped up with their leadership, um, need him to take another step. Um, but he's been fantastic and great to have Josh Reeves healthy. You know, we, we lose DeAndre, but Josh can really shoot the basketball, has had success at the Division One level. And now getting him fully back healthy, you know, I think it, it it's huge for our team. He's a voice for our team. And, um, you know, France has been here forever, too, now in year four. And, you know, these guys were part of an NCAA tournament team. Um, and I think that experience um, will bode well. And, you know, they're they're all they're all rolling in the same direction, trying to achieve a common goal. And, you know, that's led by our seniors. And they're doing a great job kind of steering the ship right now. It, it seems like you have some nice youth combined with the experience on the roster. It seems like your roster is pretty balanced. Yeah, we got some pop with these young guys, man. I mean, Dallas is really explosive, athletic, um, you know, has to learn the Division One game and like all that it entails, especially the point guard spot. And then Shane Montgomery is just such a rangy, long, athletic wing. And we brought in two really talented young forwards, um, you know, that are learning the game and eventually are going to be really good, we feel like. So, you know, we we really like our our, our roster and um, you got Malcolm Dredd and, and, and Terrell Art as our transfers. And so we, we really feel... Like we have a balanced group, a team that can go inside out, a team that can um, really provide some challenges if we're if we're all if we're all locked in together. So you know, it's uh, it's a fun group to coach, and we can't wait to see it on Saturday in front of our crowd. We had one scrimmage, and we had a lot of uh, good things that happened that night against uh, UMBC, and we had a lot that we had to improve upon. So I'm hoping to see some growth here on uh, on Saturday. You've mentioned uh, Terrell Art a couple times. Uh, t tell us about his story because he's now transferred twice. He was at uh, UAB, uh, which is where you found uh, Jalen uh, Benjamin uh, in, in the transfer portal, and then he went to Presbyterian and spent a couple years there, and now he's at the Mount. So tell us about his background and his story a little bit. Yeah, he's got two years left. Um, we recruited him out of high school, a uh, really talented young man from Georgia who was at Putnam Science and really wanted him out of high school. He probably had 15, 20 offers then. Uh, Big-time athlete, um, you know, produced at Presbyterian, averaged I think like around eight and a half and six, might around there. Um, and then he was at UAB, you know, and um, he was there uh, first year of Andy Kennedy. He tore his ACL, um, hopped in the portal. You know, I guess, you know, he, he went to Presbyterian, was playing more, um, you know, went in the portal again. Um, and there's some reasons why. And we hope that, you know, that allows um, him to be eligible right away. But we're still waiting to, to see what that happens. But regardless, got two years, whether it be this year and next or the following. Um, and then I guess it's hard to look that far in the future, but, you know, to have a guy of that stature that can play basketball for two years, regardless is um, we're very fortunate. He's a big time athlete can rebound and, you know, think he's going to um, keep getting better and better here in our program. Uh, how often does that happen where you originally recruit a guy, he, he might, he might go elsewhere, but then he comes back to you, 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 you find him in the portal or whatever, and, and, and you eventually get the guy that you originally wanted. Well, that's why you can never stop recruiting. I mean, you got to recruit these guys, even if you don't think you're going to get them on the front end, because there's a lot of back end recruiting now. And I, we really emphasize that as a staff, like we really don't want to recruit you if we didn't recruit you the first time around, just because we want to have some familiarity. We want to have done our research and the portal happens so fast and you have these small windows. So you just feel more comfortable about guys that you've kind of gone through the process with already. And Terrell was one of them for us. Uh, did you also recruit uh, Malcolm Dredd who comes to you from Richmond? We looked at him early. I mean, he did, he did he got his recruitment done pretty early um, in his process and committed to Richmond. But we knew about Malcolm and 
um, you know, people that we trust uh, spoke highly of Malcolm through that process as well. Uh, when, when a player comes from UAB or Richmond and, and played maybe at a little higher level, what, what sort of value does that bring to your uh, program? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all individual based, but it does help to have guys that have been through the fires and seen different things in college basketball and have been coached. And, you know, it's just there's nothing that is really, you know, there's some amazing high school coaches out there, but the grind and the rigor of a Division One program, um, you know, they're usually a little bit more ready to impact right away and they bring some of those experiences with them. And, um, you know, so I think there is a benefit there at, at times. And and it's also helpful to bring in guys that you can mold like clay that are coming out in freshmen. So you've got to find that balance. And I think we've kind of found a niche here at the Mount where you bring in a couple of freshmen every year and then keep in, uh, keep it open and where you can fill in some holes through the portal. Uh, your freshman, uh, Deshane Montgomery, who you mentioned, uh, Jonathan Oganfue, I, I might be mispronouncing uh, some of these guys. Um, Patrick Haig, uh, Dallas Hobbs, uh, Ron Jessamy, uh, who, who, who are you most, ex maybe not most excited about, but who might have the biggest impact for you of, of, of the newbies? Yeah, they all have, I think, long-term, uh, really high potential. Um, and, you know, we're going to depend on, you know, early on, you know, we, we, we have, uh, you know, Dallas is somebody that can really step in and make an impact early to Shane the same way. Um, you know, Ron and John are, are, are Ron was coming off a, an injury. So he's just getting back in the fold, but very, very talented. And then Pat Hay has been uh, awesome for us working extremely hard and can shoot the basketball. So they all got to be ready. You know, I think Dallas and DeShane are um, guys that are, you know, probably, you know, they, they had full summers. They, they have, um, you know, that we're going to need them to help us impact and, and be impact players throughout the year. How big do you think your rotation will be? I mean, I, I could ask you about the starting five, but you probably don't know that yet. Or if you did, you wouldn't you wouldn't tell me. So, so I, how, how many guys do you plan on using? Yeah, I mean, I mean, early we usually try to play ten nine, and then you know, as the year goes on, you know, you, if those ten nine are all rolling, you keep going, but then you tighten your rotation up a little bit. So, um, you know, we feel comfortable that we for sure have nine, um, maybe ten to to start the season. Uh, your schedule, it, it seems like it has a lot of local uh, flavor to it. You, you go to Maryland, then you play Coppin State at home, then you go to Georgetown and American, uh, two D.C. schools. You host Howard. Um, you play Loyola, of course, every year. Uh, you have a couple of familiar uh, former NEC foes in St. Francis and uh, LIU. Um, it, it seems like your schedule has a local flavor to it and also a familiar flavor to it. Was that, I guess, by design? Yeah, I mean, we wanted to put some really good non-conference games in there like we usually do. You know, I think our fan base is pumped about the Maryland-Georgetown because they don't have to travel too far. So those games are always excited for our base. And, you know, we open up college basketball on November 7th with that game. Um, you know, I do think we got a couple good home games, and I got to work to get a couple better as we go through the, you know, through the next couple of years. Um, but we got some, you know, games that are going to help us for the future. Like we're playing Ole Miss this year, and that – Game helps uh, us do an international trip next year. So we're looking to try to go to Italy or Spain or, um, you know, we even talked about maybe going to France for the Olympics. And um, this, this, know, this uh, would be this would be over the summer or yeah, over the summer in August. So, that, you know, that, that's what is important about the, the schedules. We, we got to have a good balance. And, you know, I like um, some of the opponents that we're playing, familiar foes like LIU and St. Francis. And so I think there's some really good games, games that, you know, I think are games that are going to prepare us for the Mac, but also uh, some, some money games that are going to help us. And we want to achieve our goals and dreams every year, which is go to the dance and going to have to play those teams. So it's, I think it's a good blend, 
But uh, you know, I'm glad we don't have to travel nearly as much as we have in the last couple of years. Yeah, I was I was gonna say you you, you probably like the road games where where you could maybe come back and sleep in your own bed still. Yeah, I appreciate those, and I know my wife does too. Yeah, I, I know, and with with a growing family too, that it, it's always helpful to have a dad around a little more. Uh, how did the Bulldogs of Georgia come on the schedule this year? You you play them in uh, right before Christmas. Yeah, so Dakota Lafue and uh, hopefully Terrell Ard, you know, they're um, both from Georgia. And I, when I recruit a young man, I always tell him, by this year, senior year, we're going to get you home. And so that was like the the big uh, push for that was to give uh, Dakota a game by his family. You know, he's, he's been a big factor to our program here and wanted to make sure that his family got to see him um, in an environment close to him. So that was the, the reason for the game. And then, um, you know, it's also a good uh, a good game for our guys to play. I think they'll be excited to do that. How do you look at the rest of the league, Dan? I, I know Ryder was the consensus uh, number one pick. Uh, Iona, uh, you know, they're always going to be there. Uh, number two, even though uh, Coach Patino is, is, is no longer there, he's moved on to St. John's. Uh, you guys were picked seven uh, in, in the league, excuse me, uh, there, uh, out, out of the 11 teams. It just how, how do you look at the rest of the league? Yeah, none of that really, you know, all that stuff doesn't really matter a whole lot to me as I've found out over years. Like, you're going to play the games. Uh, I don't know how the league is even predicted at this point. I mean, there's there was one all-conference player returning, you know, so it's brand new. You know, so I, it's hard to predict because, you know, guys return guys, but there's a lot of recruiting being done. There's a lot of transfers that are out there. So it's just a lot of it's going to be a who can gel, who can come together, because it is, like like I told you earlier, it's a really well-coached league, and I, I mean that. Like, there's really tough – physical good teams that you have to play night in and night out and it's going to be who can come together and win those close games and everybody's got a chance you know I, that's the one thing about the Mac that I tell everybody you saw Maris last year they were finished last and they made a run and got to all the way to the championship game you know it's like the the gap between 11 and 1 isn't much like by the end of the year we were near the bottom and Canisius and we were probably two of the four hottest teams and one of the best four teams in the league at the end of the year last year and we went through our Low in January. So it's hard to predict. Um, I, you know, I know everyone does it. Um, you know, we're just trying to run our race and put ourselves in position to make a run at it. And we feel like we have as good a chance as any, you know, to 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 do that. You know, it's gonna be who can stay healthy and who can come together and 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 stay hot at the right time. Uh, this preseason stuff is voted on by the coaches. How do you even vote if you don't know sort of what anyone's going to be? I mean, are you throw, are you throwing dart are you throwing darts or I mean, Ryder was easy to pick one just because they return you know, Mervyn James and, um, you know, they got other guys on their roster that have produced and played and they got a couple of transfers that everybody knows about. So, you know, you were able to kind of look through, you know, Powell has produced and you look at, you know, what Iona brought in and, you know, everybody's talking about the high major transfers that they brought in. So you, you just kind of look at the rosters and kind of see where you think teams stack up and, and know and have the understanding that it can change fast. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you sort of, expecting i mean um it's tough to say and a lot can change and you mentioned you mentioned staying healthy the health was it was a major problem for you last year how many games did you guys have a full lineup last year very few and we i think we won all of them when we did have a full lineup but that's you know we're not trying to find excuses we lost a lot of games that we should have won and um you know what we hopefully have have learned from but you know, it's uh, yeah, it's part of sport, right? You got a next man up mentality, no excuses, and and get to it. But, um, you know, I I mean, I mean it. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this because I think it's fluff. I mean, right. I think our group has as good a chance as any to win the MAC this year. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to hide behind that. I I we're going to fight, and I also know that 
if we don't execute and we don't play good basketball and we don't and we're not then we could finish last i mean it's that the margins are that small so like we're we're just we can't wait to actually get on the court and and go try to prove it my the big keys for you guys are what like what has to happen for you guys to get to where you want to go we still have to be an elite defensive team you know i we, we've um you know, we have guys that have, have played with us, but some of their roles have changed from the defensive side. Like we have to be a very uh, connected unit on that end. Um, and then we got to finish better around the basket. I mean, we have to be in a great finishing team. We have great size and we have forwards that you talked about. And we were one of the worst finishing teams in the league last year. We finished layups. We finished around the basket better. We've made threes that are good clip the last couple of years and we continue to do that. You know, that's how you make a jump and and, and be successful. I don't mean to make you sound old, Dan, but this is year six for you here at the Mount. Are you, are you a different coach now than you were when you when you took the job? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I've I look back at those first couple of years and head was spinning trying to figure it out and getting back in the Division One world. You know, I kind of done a build within a build moving to the MAC, but I you know I feel confident in my staff. I feel confident in our players. I feel confident in our ability to lead, and um, you know ex excited for that opportunity. So you know, I think I've grown a lot as a coach. Um, and you know, I, I, I think our guys, um, you know, I've seen the growth that we've made as a staff and, um, you know, just excited for year six and I'm not, a, I'm not the young coach anymore. I've been around the block a little bit now. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I still feel young some days, but, uh, you know, definitely getting older every year that passes. You're, you're still a few years behind, uh, coach Phelan, uh, in terms of coaching on longevity at the Mount. So, um, have you made, you added to your staff a little bit, uh, this year too? Yeah, some exciting new additions. Um, Andrew Winton is our, our grad assistant. Um, he's been fantastic. Came just graduated from uh, Gettysburg. Um, brings a great energy, um, detail. Um, really, really intelligent young man who's working hard. And then Evan Fisher, who played in the MAC, was at Siena. Evan is our director of basketball operations. Um, doesn't have a bad day. Awesome energy. Great with the guys. Still has some games, so he can kick their butt a little bit on the court. And um, you know, we elevated Jeremy up from um, director of operations to assistant. So a few changes and then Will and Justin are back and, you know, they, they both do a, a really good job for us. Yeah. I mean, Will, who used to play at the mountain, he, he, he's one of the few guys that could, he's probably been at the mountain. Have you been at the mountain longer or has Will been at the mountain longer? Well, I was an assistant when Will was a player. Okay. Um, so he was, Will's been here longer though. In terms of <laughs> yeah. Well, and right. Will's the most decorated uh, mountaineer. You know, he's uh, won a lot, of, uh, a lot of championships here at the mountain as a player <laughs> Coach, yeah, so. I, I, I think so. The most decorated mountaineer. He, he, he should wear the mascot uh, uh, costume costume one of these days because he, he is uh, Mr. Mr. Mount. So, uh, hey, Dan, thanks for doing this once again. Uh, 4 p.m. Friday, uh, Bucknell at Mount St. Mary's in an exhibition game. Uh, then in a couple weeks, uh, a couple uh, Tuesdays from now, uh, Mar uh, Mount St. Mary's at Maryland uh, to kick off the 2023-24 season that we're very excited about. Dan, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up soon and then look forward to seeing you guys get started. Sounds good, Greg. Thanks for having me on, man. It was awesome to chat. Absolutely. My thanks to uh, producer uh, 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 Graham Cullen and uh, to Alexander Dacey uh, for coming on uh, earlier and talking to Frederick County Sports. Uh, Graham uh, for throwing it together uh, every single week as the, as the producer of the podcast. I uh, appreciate all of you for listening, and we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll keep the basketball train rolling, hopefully, with Mount Women's coach uh, Antoine White uh, next week uh, to get his perspective on the upcoming season as well. Uh, but until then, have a great week, everyone, and thanks for checking out the Final Score Podcast. Mm -hmm.